Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Josh Ennis Show. Howdy, hi, and welcome in to the Josh Ennis Show. How are you? Man, you guys have been killer with all the downloads and everything. I guess you guys are glad to have the pod back. Thank you. Appreciate you. Hope you guys have been enjoying it. I assume you have because you keep downloading, so thank you. How about uh, the dude getting his ass laid out on Monday Night Football last night? The uh, streaker, if you want to call him a streaker. I don't know that you would because he wasn't naked. Bobby Wagner laid that cat out. I think we should be in a situation where they just show more of that on TV. Like, I don't buy the idea that, uh, well, uh, guys won't do those type of things if they're not shown on TV. Well, that's clearly proven to be bullshit because they clearly do all the time still. Like, for years, people have said, let's not show guys on the field. Well, they keep running. It happened in Philly like a decade ago. The Cardinals were playing there. And uh, a guy ran out on the field, and they put out the stun gun on him and took his ass down. And what I remember about that one is I listened to Mike Shannon from the Cardinals broadcast call it, and he goes, they pulled out the laser and they stun gunned him. Went down like a sack of onions. Then he cackled. Like, people are still going to do that. People get drunk and they do dumb things. So, like, the idea that that's going to, you know, like, oh, that's going to head them off. No, show it. Actually, what was great is that the the Mannings were talking about that. When the Mannings have a broadcast, I watch it. Now, that may not be the case if it's a Monday night game that I truly have interest in. But honestly, I don't think I'm going to have a ton of interest in Monday night games because, A, I don't know if the Saints even play on Monday night, and B, I don't really give a damn because the Saints are terrible, so I'm going to watch the Manning cast no matter what because I find it to be far more compelling and interesting, and I love it, and I love the Mannings, and they have a great rapport, and the back and forth is great, and they call everybody pal, which I enjoy. Like, hey, hey, can you stick around with us, pal? Like, they're like the same person, and it's great, and I love it. So I watched the Manning cast. Like, well, I, like networks, and, and I would say that networks need to do more of this. The problem is not everybody's great like this. Like, I think Ma- I watched McAfee's college one a little bit this weekend, and it's good. I think McAfee is legendary. And I didn't like him, you know, initially. And I think part of the reason I didn't like McAfee initially is because my first taste of McAfee, if you will, that sounds weird, but my first taste of Pat McAfee was him doing the color on a, a college game, and I didn't think he was any good at it. I just didn't think it was funny or interesting. I thought he was trying too hard. And I think he since admitted that he wasn't very good at that. And um, so, like, this is kind of what he, he's good at, is doing the show with all these guys and, you know, doing that type of stuff. But, I like, some of these games that I don't have a huge rooting interest in, I love it, you know? I love watching guys like Pat McAfee who are fun and energetic and have passion, you know? 
And the Mannings are interesting because they just have this kind of dynamic between the two of them, which is funny because they're two doofs. And, you know, Peyton's really into the game and he breaks it down. Like, here's the thing. You could look at a lot of networks and say, hey, they need to do more of this. The problem is not everybody's going to be able to pull it off. You can put a room of jocks in there together and let them just kind of go at it and talk, but it won't be as interesting. There's something about the Mannings. It's like a special thing. doesn't mean there aren't interesting athletes and it might not work for certain things, but like, I don't think we're in danger of the play-by-play guy actually going anywhere because most people are still going to watch that. But for someone like me who, as you know, I'm at a crisis in my life where I don't even know if I like sports a lot of the time, for someone like me who just wants to sit around and watch dudes bust balls, talk to celebrities, have fun, kind of just riff, that's so much better than listening to to Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. Like, I don't give a shit. Like, I like Joe Buck, bless your heart, you're, you're good at what you do. I just don't give a shit to listen to you call a Monday night game, and I don't care what Troy Aikman has to say. It's all coaches speak anyway, right? Like, that's what we deal with. Like, I don't know how you know who a good analyst is or not. They all say the same shit. Some of them, I guess, just have a better voice than others. Some of them might have more energy than others. But for the most part, they all say the same shit. It's baffling how inane it really is. And I think people know more about sports than they used to. I think, honestly, video games have played a big factor in that. Like, people know more about sports than they used to. So when you hear Troy Aikman, you know, you know, give you some sort of inane breakdown or or Tony Romo tell you that they might run or pass here. It's like, I don't need to hear this shit. Like, I think that you have to examine the ever-evolving broadcast on television. And to me, the Manning cast for these Monday night games that I have no interest in is spectacular. I just, I, it feels like just kind of a natural back and forth between these two guys. Manning's a good, Peyton, that is a good entertainer. Eli's just kind of a doof, but it works. It's spectacular, man. Like, I, And I don't know who else could pull it off. I don't know what other athletes could do it. Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of any examples uh, that you could look at and go, yep, that would work. I, I can't. It just works with those guys. They are brilliant and funny and great, and uh, I enjoyed it. But back to the initial point, which was you know deterring streakers, because Peyton goes, I think we should show it on here. Even if they don't show it on the real broadcast, we should be able to see it. We need more of that. Remember Kevin Harlan breaking down the streaker? That was great shit. Now imagine watching that. See, we need more of that. I don't think that's – and I get to a degree why they don't, but people still do it. They get hammered. They run on the field. It's fine. I want to see it. Give me more of that, please and thank you. The game itself did nothing for me. It was a boring-ass game. That Hell, I don't think I even bet anything on the game last night. It was just a waste of time. I wasn't interested. For our Philly people, the Phillies are in the playoffs for the first time since 2011. So my dad called me last week. He says, Josh, uh, the Cardinals going to make the playoffs? I said, yeah, they're they're probably in at the time. I don't think they'd clinched it yet. But I was like, yeah, Dad, they'll be in. And he goes, well, Josh, here's the deal. I'm going to be in Columbia, Missouri on like the 14th of October. Are the Cardinals going to be playing a playoff game in St. Louis around that time? And I looked it up and I said, well, Dad, here's the, the situation for you. Here's the gig, as it were, Dad. If the Cardinals win their first-round series and don't get swept in the second-round series, they will play a home playoff game on Saturday, October 15th. He said, Josh, I'll send you my credit card info. Buy us some tickets. I said, all right, I can drive over there. It's five hours. So last night, Dad sent me his credit card info, and I have officially purchased tickets to sit in this Cardinals rooftop that's across the street from the ballpark. It's kind of like Wrigley in a way 
overlooking the stadium. You can see right into it. It's technically part of the ballpark. All you can eat, all you can drink, it's going down. But here's what has to happen. The goddamn Cardinals can't lose to the Phillies. And after I saw Aaron Nola last night, if that guy does that, Cardinals are down one nothing in that series. So there could be some trouble on the horizon. But all they got to do, like, I listen, it, like, it couldn't have worked out any worse. Like, listen, I don't want, like, I, I told Jilly, first of all, I didn't want the Phillies to make the playoffs because I enjoy the misery and the futility of the organization. Like, I didn't want them. I wanted that streak to go on forever. I wanted McDougal to be miserable. If we're being honest, I wanted McDougal to be miserable and upset and sad over it. And they tried. McDougal tried so hard. He's so desperately, the Phillies tried so desperately to blow it for McDougal. Getting swept by the Cubs, being terrible against these bad teams. But the Brewers sucked slightly more. The Brewers lost three out of freaking four to the Marlins. I would have much rather the Cardinals play the Brewers. Because if they play the Brewers, I think they would win that series. I still think they beat the Phillies, but... I would have felt home run slam dunk on them beating the Brewers. You get Aaron Nola out there and he balls out for one game, all of a sudden you need to win the next two to win the damn series, and I don't like it. And I just like McDougal's misery. You know? Like, I know that makes me a shit person. I get it. But to understand that McDougal likes other people's misery too, that's why I don't feel bad. I see it all over my my social media because I'm somehow in all these groups, like these Eagles fan groups and shit. And these Phillies fan groups and shit. So I'll scroll through my Facebook and it's, oh, the Cowboys suck and this guy's hurt and Carson Wentz might get benched. Like, trust me, McDougal relishes in other people's fucking misery too. And I will, I was relishing in McDougal's misery. I fucking loved it. Please blow it. Collapse, collapse. And of course they didn't. And of course, based on this, somehow McDougal's going to get his way and fucking the Cardinals are going to lose to the Phillies. And then what's going to happen is I'm not going to get to go to the playoff game in St. Louis on October 15th, which would be a baller situation because, A, I didn't have to buy the damn tickets because Dad bought them, and, B, I was in a perfect spot. I bought the tickets up in that uh, rooftop. All you can drink, all you can eat, and it's not just ballpark food. It's like mid-level, like upscale casual stuff like pork and stuff and beer, all you can drink. Uh, You get access to the Cardinals Hall of Fame. Like, it's going to go down. But unfortunately, I have to see them get past the damn Phillies. And for whatever reason, it's just like, I just know it. I know it because this is the way this shit works out for me. It was like when I was sitting in the Saints-Eagles playoff game a couple years ago and the Saints were down 14-0. And I said to myself, son of a bitch, my dreams are going to come crashing down at the hands of goddamn McDougal. McDougal's going to have joy and I will not. And it was soul-crushing. I almost left. Like, real talk, when it was 14-0 in that game, we had driven all the way to New Orleans, got these tickets. We were sitting in this, like, Bud Light level or something. And when it was 14-0 in the first quarter, I looked at Jilly and I said, I don't want to be here to see this shit. I do not want this McDougal joy. I must leave. And she said, no, you fucking asshole. We're not going to leave. So I sat there, and I took it. And then they came back, and then whenever and Nick Foles has a marching down the field, I'm like, God damn it, we're going to lose. We're going to lose. You know, how I, you know what I knew we were going to lose that game? Is they went up 17-14. It was still in the third quarter, and they started doing the Choppa style. And I said, God damn, too soon. Too soon. And then sure enough, there goes Nick Foles down the field about to give him the lead. And uh, thank you, Alshon Jeffrey, New Orleans Saints MVP, Alshon Jeffrey, for dropping that and bailing us out. Because, boy, that would have been a miserable experience. It would have been one of the great letdowns of my life 
had I gone to that game and they lost. Actually, I don't know that I've ever been to an Eagles-Saints game that the Saints have lost, so at least I got that going for me. I was there in 13. My first experience in Philadelphia, by myself, I had a media pass, and I went to the Eagles-Saints playoff game at the end of 13, at the beginning of 14, where Darren Sproles like got pulled down by the neck and the Saints got a field goal on the last play of the game. I was there. Was it um, – what year was it, 06 or 07? Was it 06? Or 08, whatever year it was, 09, whatever year it was that they played the Eagles and Jeff Garcia was the quarterback and the Saints won the playoff game. I think that was the Sheldon Brown one. I went to that one and they won. Then I went to that other one that I just mentioned. But like the last thing I want is for my joy to be sucked away, suckled away by McDougal, to see McDougal have his joy and his happiness at my expense. It's the last thing I want to see. And if there is a God in heaven, the Cardinals will win that series. And then they will win at least one of the first three games. Actually, you know what would even be better is somehow the Cardinals sweep the next round, and I still don't get to go to the damn playoff game. It's all I want. I haven't been to a playoff baseball game in a while. I love playoff baseball. I do. Now, the games tend to be long, and I always miss all the big moments because I'm hammered and I'm in the john. Like that game five with the Astros, my ass was in the bathroom for every big hit because I had like eight of those giant beers at the game. So that's the life I led. Like when Yuli would get a big hit, I'd be in the John. Every big one, every big hit, I was in the John. But maybe things have changed. I don't know. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Shifting gears. So uh, Kyrie Irving is a weirdo. He's like a weird conspiracy theorist, I guess. And uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who's just an angry man all the time, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar does not like Kyrie Irving because Kyrie Irving is a weird conspiracy theorist. And uh, he shared an Alex Jones video on social media. Uh, He shared a 2002 clip of uh, Alex Jones ranting about a new world order that would release plagues into society for financial gain, which featured the caption, Alex Jones tried to warn us. And uh, this was not acceptable in the eyes of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar who says Alex Jones is one of the most despicable human beings alive, and to associate with him means you share his stench, said Abdul-Jabbar. When I look at some of the athletes who have used their status to actually improve society, like Colin Kaepernick, LeBron James, Muhammad Ali, Bill Russell, Billie Jean King, Arthur Ashe, and more, it becomes clear how much Irie, uh, or Kyrie Irving has tarnished the reputations of all athletes who strive to be seen as more than dumb jocks. Here's the thing about that. Like, I still think most athletes are dumb jocks, right? Like, like the opinions of LeBron or Colin Kaepernick do not change my opinion on the fact that just because media people and everybody else want to tell you and make you believe that athletes are smarter than they actually are, they're people growing up in the social media area. They're constantly on social media. They pander to social media. Uh, they know the games to play to pander to social media. Like, I don't look at athletes and go, yep, these guys are the scholars of the world. Like, I don't think LeBron – LeBron's a great businessman, but, like, I see some of the dumb shit that LeBron tweets, and I'm like, 
Yeah, I don't think LeBron is some sort of brilliant critical thinker. He posts in emojis. Like, to me, the fact that LeBron, almost everything he done is posted like a 17-year-old girl, that does more to harm the reputation of athletes than Kyrie Irving being a wacky conspiracy theorist. Now, Irving's a do- just a dope. Like, he's a moron. But I don't think, like, I've never looked at Kyrie Irving and the dumb stuff he says and said, yep, all athletes are dumb because of Kyrie Irving. I have said that athletes are stupid based on some of the dumb shit LeBron has done or said or, or you know, some of these other guys who I think are just full of shit and I think they're playing to the social media crowd. So, like, but Kyrie Irving, bless his heart, he's stupid. Like, I, like the thing I think annoys me the most about Kyrie Irving and a lot of these guys is, like, I don't think they're all that smart. But, like, they try to carry themselves as smart. Like, I'm a moron, right? But I don't carry myself as an intellectual. I'm just a moron. I laugh at farts. That's kind of who I am. Farts are funny to me. I like really lowbrow humor. I'm not smarter than anybody. I'm a moron. I'm not a scholar. I flunked out of LSU. You know, that's who I am, right? I don't pretend to be something I'm not. Like, Kyrie Irving is just a dude that must sit around, smoke pot, and just go to like conspiracy theory websites and listen to coast to coast AM and then you'll carry himself as some sort of intellect, which he's not. He just he's not a very smart dude. Now, I'm not saying he's dumb in the sense that maybe he's educated, maybe he's got some knowledge. I'm not saying he's a total moron. What I'm telling you is the guy has a lot of dumb thoughts and he, he portrays himself as smart because he has these dumb thoughts. Just because you carry yourself as smart, when you deliver a dumb statement, you're still stupid. And that's how I, like, Irving's a strange cat to me because, like, he's kind of fallen into that, not Kanye category, but, like, he's a dude that, for a while, people talked about him like he was an intellect, and he started having viewpoints that the mainstream disagreed with, and then he was a lunatic, right? That's kind of how these things work. Where You know, if he had LeBron opinions, he'd be, you know, an intellect, and he'd be woke, but he has these weird Alex Jones shared opinions. And he's, you know, a moron and he's dangerous to society. Like, that's another thing. Like, I don't view Kyrie Irving sharing an Alex Jones post as dangerous because I'm not a moron that listens to something someone says on the internet and then changes my opinion based on that, if that makes sense. Like, I don't listen to Alex Jones and go, you know, I never thought of it that way. I'm on your side. Or, you know, like, I just, I look at things, I look at the actual information and then I build an opinion based on that. There is no athlete out there that at least for me can ultimately change my opinion on things because I'll read the actual source of things and come up with my own opinion. Now, I do think there are morons out there. I guess I could agree with Kareem on that. There are morons out there who can't think for themselves. So when LeBron says the cops are out here hunting us, which to me is like, like you want reality, Kareem? When you've got the most powerful athlete in the country – saying that the police are out hunting black people with, like, 14 crying emojis. That, to me, is far more destructive and dangerous than Kyrie Irving sharing some stupid New World Order post from Alex Jones. Like, Alex Jones is a known conspiracy theorist. Alex Jones, for the most part, is considered a crackpot by many people. That's just kind of, that's who he is. So, like, I don't give a damn what Alex Jones has to say about anything. It's just, I don't care. So if Kyrie Irving shares Alex Jones' posts, I'm like, cool, he's a crackpot too. I don't think he has that kind of power. Like, I don't think people look at what Kyrie posts and go, damn, he's right, man. There's a new world order, brother. Like, I don't think people do that. 
I do think LeBron has that kind of power. So when I see LeBron and he says, hey, they're out here hunting us about cops, I think that helps further a really negative, dangerous stereotype and it keeps things racially divided because that's how things are. Like, that's how people want it. They want it to be dangerously racially divided because it keeps the business going. We were talking yesterday about Billy Eichner and his claim about homophobia is the reason why uh, his movie tanked. Well, you got to have that boogeyman, right? Like, the boogeyman is the ultimate. The boogeyman keeps the, the, the industry going. It keeps the lights on, right? There's no Black Lives Matter if there's no boogeyman. Like, if you really look at information or you really just kind of look at it. Like, I'll tell you about my experience. In my experiences, I have, like, I don't know any homophobes. Like, I make jokes about the people that were in our chat, but I don't believe anybody in our chat is someone who hates gay people. You may not want to watch two gay people banging it out, which is fine, but I don't think you're against the idea of gay people being married, for the most part. There might be a handful, but for the most part, I'd say the majority of people don't care if you're gay, they don't care if you're straight, they don't care if you're black. Like, most people are not racist, most people are not homophobic, most people are not bigoted. None of that matters to people, but you've got to keep the boogeyman alive to keep the to keep the lights on and keep the motor going, right? And that's what a LeBron does, and that's what a Kaepernick does. These guys keep the boogeyman idea alive because it's an industry. And without the boogeyman, you have it's like Nightmare on Elm Street. You don't have if there's no Freddy, there's no Nightmare on Elm Street. The movie's over. You need to have a boogeyman. And if you came out and said reality, which is, yep, there are some weirdos out there who are racist and they live in trailers in backwoods Kentucky, but fuck them. If you said that, well, then the industry dies and people don't make money. So that's why a guy like LeBron, to me, is a far more dangerous entity than a Kyrie Irving. Like, I look at Kyrie Irving and go, huh, he's a crackpot. He's just kind of a wannabe philosophizer. Like, that's all he is to me. Like, he's a wannabe. He's like a fake intellect. That's how I view him. Like, I don't take him seriously. I think he's a stooge. And I don't think he has true impact over people. I think LeBron does. I think LeBron is a bad Like, the only – you ever notice the only people who agree with anything Kyrie says – are like right wing people. Like on social media, he's the guy that like uh, Clay uh, Clay Travis would use and go, "See, look, Kyrie agrees about the cops or this." Like, okay, LeBron has impact over people, right? Some of those other people that uh, were listed by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar have impact over people. So if I got LeBron telling you that the cops are evil with crying emojis, there are a lot of people that are going to keep going with that because people on social media are stupid and they will believe shit. So, uh, and also, I just don't like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He seems like an asshole, and he's always seemed like an asshole. Uh, and he and he seems like someone who would dislike me because I am white. Like, I don't dislike him because he's black. I dislike him because he's kind of a pretentious, self-serving kind of douche. And to a degree, I kind of get it. He grew up in an era uh, and was you know born in an era where things were a lot different than they are now. So I give him the benefit of the doubt a little bit because he did deal with probably some real actual racism and shit. So I get it. But moving forward... Like, he just seems like he harbors a resentment towards white people, and I'm like, yeah, we probably wouldn't be friends. That's okay. We probably wouldn't be friends. I just find you to be douchey. I find Kyrie Irving to be flighty and just aloof and a moron. And I find LeBron to be the actual dangerous one, or guys like Kaepernick. Although Kaepernick's kind of been out of sight, out of mind. You never hear anything from Kaepernick anymore, do you? LeBron you hear from. But, you know, things have kind of quieted down on that front. I guess once they got Trump out of office, they had nothing to bitch about. That's their other boogeyman, right? The real-life boogeyman. So they didn't have that uh, to deal with anymore. I see that Velma is trending. Uh, Let me click on this. I'm just looking at Twitter now. Velma. 
So apparently there's a, like, like Velma's a lesbian, like, and this is news to people, I guess. I thought this story came out months ago that Velma was going to be a lesbian. I thought that was just understood. But apparently she's into some chick on here. Here's the problem, though. You scroll down and you'll see this video of, of Velma being a lesbian and she offers a Scooby snack to some other lesbian and all this. But as is the case with most things, when you scroll down, you start seeing sex stuff. So it's like, oh, cartoons, cartoons, lesbian cartoon, lesbian cartoon, and vagina. Giant vagina of a woman dressed as Velma. Oh, there's a chick dressed as Velma. She is ma- Oh, she's squirting. She's a Latino Velma, and she is squirting. Now she's riding it. Up. She's on a dildo. Yep, she is on a dildo. That is Velma. That is Latino Velma, and she is riding a dildo. See, that's the thing. Like, I saw a story today about how um, about how Sarah Michelle Gellar and uh, Ryan, not Ryan Philby, Sarah Michelle Gellar and who the hell's uh, her guy? Freddie Prince. I saw a story today about how they're still together and they don't like their kids to be on social media. In fact, they will not let their young kids have social media, right? That's kind of the thing. And their kids are 10 and 13 and they said, nope, we do not want you on social media. Why do we not want you on social media? Well, because, again, it's just kind of a dangerous place. It's not good for kids that are young. There's a lot of stuff they can be exposed to, whether it be bullying, whether it just be negativity, whether it be Kyrie Irving or Alex Jones. They can be exposed to so much. Or if you look up something harmless like Velma and you start seeing the type of shit that Tank used to watch during the show. Like this Velma's wearing a G-string and shaking her ass. Well, Oh, my. Oh, come on. That Velma has a dick. What the fuck? That Velma has a dick. And is masturbating the dick. I didn't ask for this. All I wanted to see was Velma from Scooby-Doo. You sick sons of bitches. God. See, and then, like, nobody's kids should be on Twitter. Like, not one child should be on Twitter. It, it should, like, if, if you find out that you allowed a 10-year-old kid to have a Twitter account, you should be arrested as a parent. There's no reason a kid should be seeing that. And I'm not some prude. Like, I saw sex stuff when I was young. But holy shit, this is out of control. I don't want to see some dude with a peen jerking off dressed as Velma. That's not what I'm here for. I did not sign up for this. But it was kind of like what it was like working with Tank. I'd look over and he'd skirt around all the rules of watching, like, erotica in the office. He would be able to get around it. By just watching porn on Twitter. Speaking of Tank, oh, God. So let me see if I can find it. This was great yesterday from Tank. Um, Let me see here. So, yes, I texted it to Jilly yesterday, so let me see here. Um, I saw Tank, and he just responds to the most random people, right? So yesterday, it said, it's my 49th birthday. What you think? Now, it's some chick in her bra and panties, right? She posted this on Twitter. Uh, Tank responds with, happy birthday with a birthday cake and a present. Okay, fine. I'm thinking maybe Tank knows this person. I click. They they don't know each other. This is from an account called Mature and Still Fuckable. And it is not one particular person. It's just a bunch of, you know, 40-year-old something broads in their bra and panties, some of them naked. And Tank just responds like they're friends. Actually, one of my other favorite stories about Tank, God, I miss him so much. So cheerleaders used to bring in these like stripper, like these porn stars and stuff, and they would do shows and whatnot. It was always promoted like, hey, come out and see Alexis Fox or something. And Tank um, would, you know, like, like he'd be at these things. 
And one time I'm like, I, it was either in his DMs. Actually, I don't even think it was in his DMs. It might have been. I forgot which it was. But like, he would just start like messaging these porn stars as if they knew him. He'd go, hey, hey, baby girl, let's tank. And that's like all it would say. As if like this chick knows who Tank is. Like, hey, girl, let's tank. What's happening? Like, it's so good. Tank rules. I miss him. I got to get him on at some point, but uh, I miss him very much. He's the best. But anyway. All right, so uh, hopefully you guys are enjoying the, the the kind of method I'm using to do the podcast. When I see something that I find interesting, when I see something that kind of pops, um, you know, I go with it. If I find it interesting, I go. If I don't, I don't. You know, like it's just if maybe there's one thing today, maybe there's two things today. Just depends on if I see something that I feel like commenting on. So uh, make sure you tell people to follow, subscribe, and all that. And I appreciate you guys. And uh, I will see you later.